I'm Chris Kunkel, and this is the TREP Improvement Project Podcast, where we are building a better entrepreneur. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the TREP Improvement Project. Thank you for joining us. And today, it's all about Facebook. So I am joined today by Valerie Schutman, and she is a superstar when it comes to really optimizing Facebook and especially Facebook ads. Now, she's a Facebook marketing expert. She's a business strategist. She has a big background with technical and online marketing, so she's always right at the, the cutting edge, at leading edge of technology and can and help develop some really advanced strategies to help your business out. Um, she's helped tons and tons of entrepreneurs and small business owners to really utilize Facebook to be effective at, at gaining greater exposure, attracting better leads, getting more loyal customers. And she's also the host of her own show, The Entrepreneur Power Hour. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. But right now, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show, Valerie, and welcome. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. I'm glad you're here. So, First of all, before we get into any fun Facebook stuff, I want to learn a little bit more about you, okay? We want to connect with you as a person. So what's your background? What got you started and what you're doing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have I have a long background. Uh, I don't know how far back you want to go. A huge tech background. I actually have a degree in electronics. Okay. Um, so that that's where I started. And, and the tech comes easy for me, which is different than a lot of people experience. Um, so I, I have that to my advantage. And back in 2003-ish, um, from 2003 to like 2009, I did a lot of Google AdWords and I did it, what was called affiliate arbitrage, where essentially I sent traffic to um, publishers and I got an affiliate commission off of that. And when you're doing it like that, you get really good at running the ads because you have no control over the back end and you're paying out ad money first and not seeing the the commission return to you, you know, for a couple of months. So you, you become very good at that. And then during that time frame, I also was working for a small private school for kids with learning disabilities. It was a nonprofit. And um, I applied for a Google grant and got that. And what that meant was Google actually gave me money to run Google ads. At, in the beginning, it was actually 10000 a month that they gave me to run ads for the school. So when you're looking at that type of money, you, you again, get really good at being able to test across different, um, different markets and different points uh, that you can spend someone else's money to test. And then about... 2009, um, you know, for the school, I did everything tech-wise. I trained the students, the staff. I uh, did all the computers, all their network. I did the website. I did SEO. I did all of that stuff. And then social media really became, um, you know, in, in the limelight. And I started doing that. And actually, the school sent me to a couple of, of conferences where I learned some more about social media. And then I took some online classes, and what started happening was I was having success for the school, but also people were reaching out to me and saying, can you build my Facebook page? Can you help me set up you know, my funnel on Facebook and so on? And so I started taking all these clients on the side, and 2011, I actually went full-time, and I've been doing it ever since. Um, so that's kind of my background in history. 
Okay, so it's just kind of an organic growth. You you attracted all those people, showed off your skills, and attracted the right people, and were able to to make the jump, huh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Excellent. So so now, um, well, a- actually, let's talk about this. Uh, kind of the the difference in your mindset, I guess, with working with entrepreneurs and small business owners versus sending the traffic to an affiliate offer. How how does that play differently? What what's your passion there? Oh, my passion definitely is working for the entrepreneurs. You know, as an affiliate, working for, you know, running affiliate campaigns, that's kind of low-level stuff. Um, I guess what I should say is it's a way for the affiliate themselves to make some extra money. And like in my case, that's how I started out and that's how I learned a lot. And that's how I learned to get really good with split testing and really good at getting an ROI on ad cost. So I I will definitely say that contributed to my success. Um, From the entrepreneur or small business standpoint, either what I find is either they have a really good affiliate network or they, they have a poor or non-existent one. Um, but what happens is a lot of affiliates are, they're just in it to make a quick buck. And I think that is a true difference from a true entrepreneur that their mission is to make a difference in the world. Their mission is to help other people. They know their products and services can help someone and that is their end goal at the end of the day. And I think that makes a big difference in how they go about things, how they structure things, their thinking, um, you know, coming from that mission-based standpoint versus just making a quick buck. So now you get to be kind of a partner with them and helping to develop their brand and have, you know, you're vested in their success. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things I'm kind of lucky um, and blessed to be in a position where I can really decide who I want to work with and who I don't at this point. And one of the things, well, a couple of the things that I do, one, I, I talk to them first and make sure that we get along and we like each other because it's no fun to work with or for someone that you don't really get along with. Um, so I think that's a, a needed criteria. The other thing is I have to be able to align with whatever products and services they're selling. If they are selling something that makes me cringe, then I don't want to do it. But if they're, you know, if they're selling products or services that are in alignment with my core values and my core beliefs, then it's all, you know, moving forward. And I find that it works much better that way. Well, it definitely helps. And, and this is a takeaway for the TREP tribe here. It definitely helps for you to do your best work, I imagine, whenever your values are in alignment with your clients' values. You're going to work harder for them, I would think. Absolutely, because you, you end up having the same end goal. You want to help that particular group of people. You know, you believe in their product and service just as much as they do and so you you kind of have that vested interest in the outcome in that end goal of helping whoever um, you can help with that product or service and and one of the beautiful things that I hit on quite a bit about um, being out on your own and having your own business is exactly what you said before is you get to pick the people who you work with you're not 
when you work for another company, you, you're just stuck with whoever you get. Um, but now you get to pick those people. You get to have a lot more fun. You, you get to, you know, work harder, of course, but that's how it goes. Um, but you're enjoying it and, and everything is aligned with your goals and with their goals. And, um, it's everything works better that way, I think. So that's, what's well, one big takeaway I want to make sure I point out from that. So thank you for sharing that with us. Sure. No problem. Totally, and, totally agree. It makes <laughs> it makes every day uh, fun when you can look forward to the people that you're working with and what you're doing. Absolutely. And I'd like to take that now. We have a little bit of your background, so I'd like to just jump right into our teachable moment. And let's talk some about Facebook. And I know you're the queen of Facebook. And there's been this change in Facebook's algorithm. Okay, everyone always has their their uh, personal profiles and they have their business pages and they used to get a lot of engagement from these business pages but suddenly you have no reach it's it's just like crickets anytime something goes out there so what do we do do we go back to our personal page do we have to promote every post that we do what are your thoughts on that well i think it comes down to creating a strategy and that comes the strategy you need to know what your end goal is okay so if you want to drive traffic to a webinar, for example, then you're going to need to have a business page to run ads to do that. Um, not to say that you can't post something on your personal profile, but here's the key thing. You know, your personal profile, number one, it's personal and your friends and family are seeing that. And let's be honest, that's why people come to Facebook to interact with their friends and family. They don't come to sign up for webinars. They don't come to follow brands. They come to interact with their friends and family. So if on your personal profile, you're always talking about business, you're going to turn off your friends and your family. And they're going to go, oh my God, if I see one more business post from her, I'm going to scream. And you obviously don't want that. What another thing with a personal profile is if you just post something on your personal profile, you can't run an ad to your personal profile. So you, you can't control who sees what is on your personal profile through like targeting or demographics or things like that. It can be your friends or group of friends or so on. So what I like to do is say, you know, first of all is make the disclaimer that when you're online, Nothing is private. So if you you don't want it known, then you shouldn't be putting it online because I know that's a huge thing for people. But I want to keep my personal life personal and my business or my public life, you know, separate. When you're online, my thought is that it's all public. You know, it, it is. So if you want to have those intimate conversations, have those in person with your family or friends, not on Facebook. Um and that being said, then, you know, the personal profile is for interacting with your friends and family, but you can also let other people know what you're doing. It's amazing how many people kind of troll, if you will. They don't like or comment, but they're reading stuff. It amazes me. Like recently, I went through this um, 30-day challenge for weight loss, and people that I had no... I didn't dream they were reading my post as I was kind of journaling about my experience. 
people then later reached out to me and congratulated me or, you know, I saw them and they're like, yeah, I read your post. I'm like, really? You never, you didn't like it? You didn't comment? You know, how how did I know you you actually read it? So I think we have to be aware of that, that there's people actually consuming our content even though they're not actively involved. Um, and they're interested in knowing us as a person and knowing what we're doing, not only, you know, what's going on in our life, but also our business and our goals and that sort of thing. So all of that can be wrapped into your personal. Now, when it comes to business, then you need to look at it totally like a business, but <laughs> I don't want to sound sound strange but you need to look at it like a business but a business these days cannot be that push marketing it cannot be that here buy from me here my products the greatest here here's what you need um, it has to come from a standpoint of giving and educating so you need to educate people about whatever it is you know about or what your product or service is and educate them in a way that they're going, wow, that's exactly what I needed to know. So you're not saying all your products benefits, or excuse me, features. You're not saying we have six modules and module one does this and module two does this. You're saying, hey, I know these, I know a lot of you have X problem. And did you know when you have X problem, these other things come up too? And did you know that when these things come up, here are some of the things that you can do that help solve those problems or help address those issues? So you're totally changing your approach. And that's how your post should go on your business page. And then, at, you know, so that's kind of Facebook marketing 101, if you will. And then the beauty of that is if you have those posts going out and you intersperse them with a little fun and entertainment so it's not a hundred percent you know product 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 even if it's education you're still adding in a little fun and a little entertainment in there as well then what you can do is strategically advertise the specific post that you're wanting an outcome for so whether it's to sign up for your webinar or whether it's to download your ebook or whether it's to go to your new podcast episode. So you can do all of that and then run specific ads with that outcome goal in mind and then put the pieces in place that track it, not only track that it's happening, but also what it's costing you to get those goals achieved. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, what I'm hearing a lot of, and tell me if I'm wrong, is go ahead and and use that business page. Go ahead and, and get some good information out there, some things that are going to help people educate your audience, but then on something that has a call to action of some sort, that's the one you want to boost. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. Yep. Excellent. And And I love what you're talking about with, you know, really just – educating people and not doing the push marketing and a lot of people don't even understand yet the difference between push and pull marketing they feel it you know they go into a store and you know like you go into walmart and they're trying to you know they have all these uh the, these video monitors on the ends of the aisles and you have people trying to sell you direct tv in the back of the store and you know that's all push and we we feel it we're turned off by it um but maybe we don't recognize it as push and pull so you know thank you for for pointing out that distinction between the two and it's 
it's really amazing the the switch that it flips in your head so that the examples that you gave of you know go here buy this we have you know these features and um and that's all it is is just that push well immediately you want to click off of that site you don't even want to touch it versus what you were discussing with uh, you know saying hey did you know that whenever you have this problem these things could come up too suddenly we're curious and now we're we're seeking you out and what a change in the dynamic in that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Then then it changes and they're like, okay, so what pro, pro, what product, program, service do you have that, that can help me with this? And they're ready to pull out their credit card. Where in the other example, they want to click away from you as fast as they possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. So being sought after versus seeking other people. And and I always think it's it's good to be sought after. People people love to buy, but they don't like to be sold. That's the big thing. Right, right. Okay. And it's it's always funner when people are coming to you rather than you chasing them. Oh, for sure, absolutely. It's it's a it's a much easier conversation. <laughs> Definitely a lot more fun. Okay, now getting into our Facebook campaign. So we've decided, okay, we're going to have a specific call to action um, to get a free report or opt in for a webinar or whatever it happens to be. How do we create that ad? What are those components that we need to really have a good, engaging ad that's going to you know, take people away from interacting with friends and family and actually click on it? Okay, so what I like to do when I'm working with a, a client, we actually start with the end in mind. Um, so we start with the offer. What's the offer? What's the price point of the offer? And the first thing I like to do is is the price point and does it make sense? You know, are you going to be able to get a return on your investment with Facebook ads? Okay, if if yes, then okay, let's continue on. If no, then, you know, what can we do about that price point? Or is it that your price point can't be changed or your your offer can't be changed um, and Facebook ads is not a solution for you at this point in time for this particular offer? So, again, start with the offer. Know what the price point is. Know what the offer is. Have it very clear. And then the next thing is who your target audience is, who your avatar is. And here's that is something that trips people up so bad. They want to help everyone, you know. And the truth is, for any business, you may have one or two main avatars that may be different. Um, but what happens is, and you can sell to all of those, but not at the same time in the same campaign. Because, for example, a lot of times women and men take things very differently. Men are much more, so just tell me what it is and then I'll make my decision. Women are like, oh, tell me what it is and explain it to me in these terms and let me think about it. Let me ask my friends. Let me, you know, the languaging is different and a longer process besides the look and feel of what you're trying to convey. So that's why I say the target um, market or the avatar is next. You have to clearly define that. You know, not only the demographics, men, women, age groups, married, not married, all of those things, but also what are their interests? What what are what is the greatest problem, challenge, frustration, and how does your product or service solve that? 
And then in addition to that, what are their other interests? So if they like your product or like your solution, what other things do they like that are in relationship to that? And why that's important is because in Facebook, you can focus and fine-tune so granular on who you want to target with your ad. So the more you can focus down, the more you're going to be able to reach that exact perfect client for your offer. Okay, does that make sense? It does. Now, one question that I feel people are going to ask, so I want to bring it up, is, okay, if I'm defining one person that I want to talk to and I'm I'm really targeting um, so specifically, doesn't that eliminate uh, a, a lot of my audience and, and I'm not going to get enough people clicking through to the ad, am I? So can you answer that question for us? Sure. So what happens is if you try to go too broad, you don't really reach anyone. You don't really make that solid connection with anyone because you're trying to reach men, women, younger generation, older generation, you know, everybody in between. So you're trying, it's kind of like when a teacher teaches to the middle of the class because they don't have time to go break it down for the lower end and they don't have time to speed it up for the upper end. You're trying to do that in your marketing and it doesn't work. It doesn't work in the classroom and it doesn't work for marketing, especially Facebook marketing. So what you need to do is how you want to be able to come across is that person reading your ad and then going to your landing page goes, oh my God, this person knows me. This person is like inside my head. They know what my biggest challenge and frustration is. They have a way to solve it. They're talking to me in a way that it's like they're my friend and they know what's going on. It's like I'm talking to my best friend. That That's the best scenario you could have. And the only way you can get that is if you clearly define that one person and talk to that one person. Now, again, this is this is what trips people up. They're like, but I have this person and this person and this person. That's fine. Run three different campaigns. The first campaign is to this person, maybe a woman 30 to 40 that is uh, single but has kids. And maybe the next campaign is to men that are 45 to 55. You know, it all depends on your offer and your product. That's why I start with the offer. And then through the targeting, what I find when I'm working with clients as I'm asking questions and pulling it out, here's a great question to ask a prospective client or to ask yourself if you're trying to decide this. Who do I like working best with? We'll go back to what I talked to at the beginning, you know, liking who you work with. So that's what you say. Who do I like working best with? Yes, I can work with all three or four or whatever of these avatars, but who do I like working best with? So then that would be a key one to go with. And the other question I like to ask is, which ones have you had most success with closing the sale? You know, which ones have the money for the offer that you're trying to present? So you take those in, uh, those questions into um, consideration, and then you then focus on a particular campaign for that target demographic. 
And then what you do is you're going to, going to make the languaging as far as your headline and your copy and the image. All of that needs to correspond with your brand if you have a good brand and you've got branding going on, but also to that particular demographic. You know, women are going to respond to a little softer um, language, a little softer colors, where men are going to respond a little better most of the time to a little more direct, a little more in your face. Um, you know, you have to really think about your target audience and try to get in their mind and think, if I was in their shoes, how would I be thinking? What would I need? How would I think as I went through this process? And that can really help you set the foundation for what your landing page is going to be and what your ads are going to be. And again, on your landing page, you, you want it to be clear so people try to get cutesy or clever and so on. And what that ends up doing is confusing people. And a confused mind never makes a decision. So you want it very clear what it is, who it's for, and how it's going to transform their life or business. You know, think of it from their vantage point. They're always thinking, what's in it for me? Why should I do this? So you've got to address those points in the landing page. And then in the ad itself, the key things in the ad, number one is the image. And here's something that trips up people a lot too. You know, they're like, okay, business easy, go get stock photos. That is absolutely probably the worst thing you can do for a Facebook ad is to go get a stock photo. Because remember, we talked about people coming to Facebook to interact with their friends and family. Are their friends and family showing stock photos of business people sitting around a conference table? Not really. <laughs> you know, so your your picture needs to be more lifestyle pictures. Now, seeing your face, seeing your smiling face is always good, but it needs to be more of a lifestyle picture. And, I mean, you can add in a little bit of text or a banner, something small um, that, adds that little bit, but you have to be careful about adding too much text because if you have more than 20% text on your image, then Facebook will not approve your ad. So you can't just plaster it with click here to get the best XYZ. You know, you, you've got to be careful um, with that text and certainly can't go over the 20%. And then after the the image because the image is what's going to catch their eye and make them decide whether they're going to stop and read that in their newsfeed or not. After the image, the next thing their eye goes to is the headline. So just like when you're writing a blog post, when you're doing SEO, any of those things, your headline is very crucial. You know, it, it's the keywords in there that hit their pain points, their challenges, their frustrations. And then your call to action and your descriptive text should quickly and succinctly give them the benefits, the what's in it for me, and then the call to action, click here to sign up, you know, whatever that call to action is. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Now, a, a quick question on that. Is there is there an advantage to sending sending somebody so the actual page we're sending them to with that ad is there an advantage to keeping it somewhere within Facebook versus going to an external landing page? Or should we always go to the external landing page? What are your thoughts on that? 
You know, a year ago or so, it was always good to keep them in Facebook um, because, you know, people weren't used to going outside of Facebook and there wasn't as much mobile traffic. What happens now is there's a lot more mobile traffic. A lot more people are accessing Facebook on their mobile device. And the custom tabs that you utilize to build, like your opt-in form or your, you know, landing page, those do not show up on mobile. So if most of your traffic is mobile and they're getting to a page that page cannot be found, then that's an an issue, obviously. Um, For the last year or so, I have been sending people off of Facebook like to, uh, you know, a landing page on the website or on lead pages, whatever. And that has been working really well. I've had several people come back to me just recently and say, you know, you should test custom tabs again. You should test keeping them on Facebook again. Um, I've not run those tests yet. I'm getting ready to just to test it because it's always good to test. Um, you know, and it makes me think, I don't know if you've heard about the uh, clickbait, clickbait linking that Facebook has come out with this week um, where they, they've changed some algorithms again, and that's that the way you share links and how long people are spending off the site and so on. So I think that might have a little bit of play in and why I'm interested to test it again. But to answer your, answer your question, you know, I always like to take them to my website, to my particular site because the mobile traffic. Um, but like anything, you need to test it and test what's going on. I think the key thing is to be aware. Those custom tabs still do not allow mobile traffic to reach them. A lot of people don't know that. I I hear a lot of people talking Facebook, you know, and Facebook ads and they're experts and gurus, but I never once hear them say, yeah, hey, yeah, the the mobile traffic will not reach the custom tabs. So I think that's a key thing to keep in mind. So with all this mobile traffic, in your opinion, when we're in there setting up the ad and we have the choice to run it to mobile or desktop or both, do you recommend just running it to mobile or do you recommend doing a campaign to each and test that? What are your thoughts? Here's what I've been finding. The mobile traffic is you get a lot more clicks from from mobile traffic. Um, The cost per opt-in is generally cheaper with mobile traffic. But if you're doing like to a webinar, then the show up rate and the actual purchase rate on the back end of that webinar is actually better with desktop traffic. So if that makes sense. Um, And my thought process for that is, okay, so mobile traffic people are in line at the grocery store. They're waiting to pick up their kids. They're doing it under the desk at their office, you know, whatever. They don't have time to get that webinar in the calendar. They don't have time to actually download that PDF or whatever. You know, they just hit their name and email address and then they had to move on because they're in that fast paced mobile world. Um, where desktop, they're, they're sitting there, they have access to everything. It's easier for them to then put that in their calendar as a reminder to download it to their hard drive, whatever, you know, your, your call to action is. And then when they come to the webinar, they're usually 
if they're on desktop, they're more comfortable with making a purchase online. Where mobile, you know, maybe you're doing Wi-Fi, you're in an area, you know, you're not sure if it's secure or whatever. And to get out your credit card and put it in at that point in time is more difficult. So I think, again, it comes with your goal and then a strategy around that goal. So if your goal is just to build your list, then I say mobile traffic all the way because it's going to be cheaper. You're going to get more. But if your goal is to get them to get to a, a webinar live or to make a purchase, then you're better off with desktop traffic at this moment in time. Okay. Good to know. Excellent. Great insights there. Thank you. Dropping knowledge bombs all over the place here. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> All right, now I'd like to switch gears just a little bit, and we're going to talk a little bit more generally about business and success. And, you know, one thing that we're all always looking for is more inspiration, more education. What's, you know, what's the next thing that's going to take my business to another level? So apart from your own show or anything else that you may have out there, do you have a specific uh, resource that you'd like to recommend, a book or some other sort of resource you'd like to recommend to our audience? I think, you know, one thing I've really been into the last year, year and a half has been mindset and knowing myself better and knowing how I come across to others and how to interact better with others. And I think that that's a key thing for you to be successful in your life, in your business, with your clients. Um, I, I think it's a key thing to moving to the next level. And there's a guy named Michael Burnoff, and he's at michaelburnoff.com. But I have taken several of his courses and I, you know, you hear this all the time. It's kind of cliche. Oh, yes, I did that and it changed my life. Um, but I had the opportunity to be with him live last January. And he really helped me break through some of the limiting beliefs that I had and to allow me to get to know myself better and, you know, also balance things better. We always have that, you know, my health is bad. So I'll run to my health and then something else, our business suffers. And then I run to my business and then my relationship suffers. And, and then you, you just feel like you're running from one area of your life to the other, putting out fires. And he presents in one of his courses called um, call to action, a way that you can manage it all without tilting the balance all to one area and then back to another. Um, so I, I would just like to say if if you're looking, um, if you're struggling in your life or your business, it doesn't matter whether it's health or your relationships or money or whatever, I would encourage you to seek him out. Uh, again, that's michaelburnoff.com. He has tons and tons and tons of material and courses and live events where you can interact with him um, on whatever level you're comfortable with. Wonderful. Yeah, that's one of the most challenging parts about being an entrepreneur is, is keeping everything under control because it's a balancing act. And, and sometimes you can feel like every area is, is kind of spiraling out of control. So excellent resource. Okay, now time to inspire us to take some action. Um, what are some of the personal habits that you have that you would say contribute to your success? I'd say 
one of a couple of them. One is every month, and I've been doing this uh, since last November. And I say every month. I try to do it every month. Um, and I find when I don't do it those months, then I, I kind of get off track. But what I do is I set goals for each month. You know, a lot of people do it for the year. But the year is so long, um, it makes it difficult. And we forget, you know, we already didn't reach a goal by February. And then we're like, uh, forget it. I can't ever, you know, finish the rest of them. So that's why it's better to do it by month. And what I find is, I actually learned this from my business coach, Nick Unsworth. If you make three to five um, goals for the month and make them goals, not specific, not I'm going to get up and I'm going to exercise 30 minutes every morning when I first get up. Don't make them that specific. Make them I'm going to make a point to exercise more or I'm going to make a point to reach out to at least one new person a week, you know, for your business. Some goal like that that's measurable, tangible, um, and that stretches you a little bit, but yet you're still able to achieve it if you just stretch that little bit and you take action. And then the key thing is, this is key and it's so hard when you first do it, you put those goals out publicly, like on your Facebook page, on your, your personal profile page, on your business page, and you put those goals out there publicly. What happens is you're, you're more inclined um, to reach those goals because you feel more accountable. And then people actually see that. So if Say, for example, you're running, uh, starting a new program and you, one of your goals for the next month is to enroll five new members to my XYZ program. And you put that on your goal and you put it out there. All of a sudden people are like, wow, I didn't know you had this program. Hey, I, I could be a great fit for that or I know this person. And you start getting help, you know, reaching those goals. Um, so that is key. And then the other thing is that I do is part of a morning routine. And that's where the first thing in the morning, I first thing I do is give gratitude. Because I think we're living in a time where we are very blessed. There are a lot of good things going on, but the media focuses so much on the bad things. And we can get caught up in this, oh, the world is a horrible place and this is the worst time ever to be alive when if you just switch your mindset a little bit and think okay you know how grateful am I to be an entrepreneur how grateful am I that I get to pick the clients I work with how grateful am I for the health of my family I mean there are so many things you can show gratitude for and it doesn't take very long I actually do it while I'm still lying in bed before I get up out of bed I do gratitude for at least three to five things every day. And you would, am you would be amazed at how that changes the start to your day when you start out that way. Yeah, it starts off positive instead of, oh, man, <laughs> what do I have to do? Yeah, exactly. There, there's a resource. Uh, I, I did an interview with Liz Brazier a oh, little bit ago. I met ago. her at a podcast uh, movement. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And she had a resource. It was, it's called, uh, I believe the five minute journal. 
And one of the one of the things that it asks you for daily is gratitude. So you make a list of, you know, I think it's two or three things or something that um, that you're showing gratitude for. So yeah, that's that's a great thing. So if you want to follow along sort of thing that'll force you to do it, that's a good resource for that too. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, you mentioned that at the top of of our time together about my podcast entrepreneur power hour and that's one thing i've carried over into that podcast i have what i call the power of gratitude and each guest gives a shout out a little bit of gratitude to whoever has helped them get to where they're at today and it's amazing when guests come on and i tell them you know it's a free flow conversation but we are going to hit this point so be thinking of who you want to give a shout out to and Almost a hundred percent of them go, Oh my gosh, that is so great. You do that. That's my favorite part of your show because you, you allow us to express that. I love that idea. Wish I would have thought of it first. <laughs> <laughs> you can model. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, so what do you do then to, as you're juggling everything and, and trying to keep afloat and not go crazy with all the stuff that's going on, what do you do to recharge your batteries and stay fresh for the next challenge? Uh, it would definitely have to be nature. Get out in nature. I'm a huge nature buff. I actually have three wooded acres that are pretty secluded, and I can go there and, and not see anybody for a week. It's it's very nice. Um, but I find whenever, I mean, for me personally, I've been walking for a lot of years, and when I can get outside and walk, I can refresh and just allow all that stuff to kind of wash through me, off me, um, where I can be recharged. And if I can spend um, a weekend in nature, you know, then that is the ultimate. I bet you get some great new ideas that come to you just sitting out there when you we start to decompress and let your mind go a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, and I've heard other people say this too, for me, whenever I'm around water, you know, actually I get a lot of ideas in the shower. Sounds crazy. I've even heard of those um, write, on, write on in rain where you have the little notepad where you can write in the shower. I haven't went to that extreme yet. But a lot of times I do get out and then start taking notes and, and um, I just did it this weekend my husband and I were out on the lake it was the first time I've been out on the water for a while and I had all of these ideas coming to me I just grabbed my phone and opened up notes and started going to town um, it just for whatever reason allows um, some free flow of creative creativity to happen yeah, see, I live out here in Arizona where we don't have water, so I think maybe I'm at a disadvantage with I, I think being so. able to come up with ideas. Maybe, maybe just get you a spa or a hot tub or a swimming pool. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, okay, now what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received, business advice, or um, is there one piece of advice that you would like to offer to our listeners? I would say the best piece of advice I, I've actually ever received came from my business coach, Nick Unsworth. This is kind of a funny story. You know, I told you my background in 2009, I was doing Facebook, but I was also doing a lot of other things. Um, you know, I had that huge tech background and I, I was hungry. I, I needed clients, so I would do anything that came along. One day I was doing a sales page. One day I was in, you know, one shopping cart doing the back end work. One day I was doing Facebook ads. One day I was setting up a LinkedIn profile. I was all over the place. And my company was meta social media. And, you know, people didn't 
really know what I did. They said, oh, yeah, she does something online. And Nick said, okay, Valerie, I don't care that you can do all of this stuff. Pick something that you want to do and that you can be known for. And I was like, that's crazy. I don't want to not help somebody. And he's like, I mean, we fought back and forth about it for a while. And then I actually asked a couple people. I said, when you think of me, what do you think of? What do you think I do? And they're like, to tell you the truth, I don't I don't know. You do something online. And then another person said to me, I can't even remember your company name. I know it's like something with social media, but I really have no idea what you do. And that's when the light bulb went off for me and went, oh, my, Nick is exactly right. So I was like, fine, I'll focus on Facebook. And that was a huge turning point for me and my business because as soon as I did that, now people think Facebook or think Valerie Shootman, Facebook ads, Facebook, I mean, Facebook ad queen, no fluff, Facebook ad queen, Facebook expert, you know, you name it, but it, it, they have a clear picture of what I do. And then they can not only know what I do, but they refer people to me and refer the right people to me. And then for me, as an individual, what that has allowed me to do is become very much the expert in Facebook marketing and Facebook ads because that's all I'm doing all the time. I'm not doing, you know, lead or not doing LinkedIn one day and the back end another day and, you know, all over the place. Um, so I guess that that's my biggest lesson in business is to pick something one thing that you can be really good at and become the expert in that particular niche, in that particular area, um, and be known for that and get really, really good at it, become the expert, be known for it, and everything will just fall into place from that point. Well, and it's kind of the same principle that we talked about previously with defining your avatar for your clients so that way you can really target the right people and and they can help you target others who are the right people that that are going to be your clients. Likewise, we need to do that with ourselves, define ourselves so that way people can seek us out. Love it. Very nice. Exactly. Okay. Here's the closer. It's the big one. So you need to inspire us. What's one thing that our audience can do in the next 48 hours to improve their business? What would it be? Oh, that is a big one. What is one thing they can do in the next 48 hours? I'm going to go with the avatar, you know, and completely and totally define your avatar. Think who they are, how old they are, where they live, what they drive, what kind of clothes they wear, what kind of music they like to listen to. I mean, think of them and get to know them so well that that it's like your very best friend and like you're finishing, like an old married couple where you're finishing sentences for them and they're finishing sentences for you. That's how well you know them. That's how well you have them defined because once you do that, then everything is going to get easier. You're programs and services you're going to provide are going to be easier. Your headlines are going to be easier. Your copy is going to be easier. Um, What targets, what interest in Facebook when you're doing Facebook ads is going to be easier. And then the result of all of that is going to be higher conversions for less cost with the perfect client. You heard it, Trap Tribe. So grab your notebook, 
go out by some water, do some deep thinking, figure out who those perfect people are to work with. Thank you very much, Valerie, for that. Oh, Appreciate you're welcome. It. You're welcome. Now, before we go, I want to make sure you have some time to get a plug in. So if I want to talk to you, how do I get a hold of you? Where do I look? Well, there's a couple of ways you could. You could go to ValerieShootman.com, and that's Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, and Shootman, S-H-O-O-P is in Peter, M-A-N.com. You can also go to valsfanpage.com. That'll take you to my Facebook business page. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn and all of that stuff as well. And um, you can always uh, take a listen to my podcast at entrepreneurpowerhour.com. Excellent. All right. So make sure you check her out. We had Valerie Schutman with us today. She dropped some amazing knowledge bombs about Facebook ads and how to really figure out that strategy, what to do, and how to define that avatar. So Valerie, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great having you. Oh, thank you so much, Chris, for having me on. I appreciate it.